Hello everybody, uh, we're back with the Blood Red podcast and as promised we're here to talk about the transfer window now firmly shut of course. Um, we're going to look back briefly on uh, yesterday's activities and then take a look at the, the window in total and how it's affected Liverpool. I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined today by James Pearce, I'm joined by Christian Walsh and I'm joined by your sometime host uh, Ian Doyle. Um, Piercy, yesterday, obviously, big day across the Premier League. Uh, we expected Liverpool to be quiet, and it was all about the uh, it was all about the departures rather than any new arrivals. Certainly was, yeah. I don't think there was any surprises whatsoever. Um, you know, any those that we expected to leave did leave, and we didn't expect anyone to come in, and, and no one did. I think um, the Balotelli one obviously dragged on a long time. Um, you know, I think that was because uh, Nice were were keen to. To make it alone, Liverpool certainly didn't want the danger of him coming back their way at any point this season. So, uh, but they uh, in the end they got that deal done, and it was a free transfer, which you know, I think some people will probably question. Obviously, you know why did they not manage to get anything for Balotelli? But I think there was a very real and increasing fear at the club they would have to pay him off, um, and they they avoided that kind of nightmare scenario. Uh, and then I think they were just glad to bring the curtain down on that disastrous episode. Markovic had obviously initially said he didn't uh, he didn't want to go to Portugal on loan. He wanted a, a Premier League club on loan. There wasn't an offer forthcoming. So in the in the end, he, he completed a U-turn and said, all right, I'll, I'll spend this season at Sport in Lisbon. Uh, Wisdom, obviously, as expected, went to Rebel Salzburg and uh, Luis Alberto to Lazio. Um, Thiago Alori, I suppose, was the only one who, who there'd been talk of him moving on, uh, and he didn't. Um, again, you know, I think there was a few loan offers there, but Liverpool didn't really want to entertain that. I think they were hoping to, to sell him permanently for three or four million. Didn't get that kind of offer, so he'll be kept on as a as a squad player this season. Um, Thoroughly, Balotelli was probably the, the 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 biggest name to depart. Well, you know, he was the biggest name to depart. Um, I mean, it's mad when we we got to a situation within you know two two years of of a player. Who you know going from I think I saw someone showing his valuations and the last three deals had all gone down and then they've gone from sixteen million to nothing. Obviously Liverpool will save around about four to five million in wages in his last year, uh, which is probably I suppose makes up for the, the the fee that James was talking about that we haven't got. Um, I mean, how do you look back on his 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 Liverpool career? Was there anything he could have done differently, or is it just the wrong man for in the situation? Well, in answer to your question, yes to all of them. I think he could have done more, but he was on a hard into nothing, to be honest. Ever since the, you know, I think it was James wrote the report. I think it was out in America where, you know, there was a suggestion that he may he may come and then ballot, and then basically Liverpool were saying, no, we're not interested in him. And then at the last minute, when they kind of realised that there was few, very few options to sign a, a striker in the summer, they, they made the move for him. And the, the weird thing is, if you if you remember his first game, I think it was was it Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham and then he played up front with Daniel Sturridge, and yeah. it was all yeah, it was all fairly encouraging. Then of course, Daniel Sturridge gets injured on England duty. I think it was in the next week even, and since then Balotelli was you know he's, he's never ever going to be a a main striker as such, and so it, it never really fell for him. He could have done more, but he may have gone now. But the reality is, he he went twelve months ago when he went out on loan, and I think Liverpool. And have moved on. You know, Jurgen Klopp wasn't really entertaining the fact of him having any future at the club. But I think, really, I think everybody's won on this one. 
Christian, moving on, probably then uh, Lazar Markovic is probably the, the you know the next in terms of interest from fans. I would suggest, and uh, he's off to to Sport and Lisbon, back um, back to Portugal. The the feeling lots of fans still had high hopes for Markovic, but the lack of of of, of European games coming up this season probably would have made his opportunities limited, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think you can say that for about a number of players who have passed and feel this summer, but Markovic on, on deadline day most certainly. He um he didn't really do much in pre season to be honest. You you you're looking at him coming back, uh and you're wondering, you know, can he impress Klopp? You see what, what Klopp's done with the likes of Kevin Stewart even who came back from loan, Ryan Kent, um and, and those sorts of players. Uh Shea Ojo as well. Markovic obviously a lot more established than those those players. He comes back and you think, you know, this is a chance here for the for the Serbians to really impress and he didn't do much in the games and it became pretty apparent pretty soon that Jürgen Klopp wasn't really entertaining the idea of him, um, in terms of an option out wide. It looks like Ojo very much was ahead of him in the pecking order. Um even when Jordan Ibe left, it, it, there was no real suggestion. I don't think that Markovic could have filled that gap. Uh, and obviously once once Mane sort of hit the ground running in the way that he has it's just really hard to see where he fits in he's still young um, but I'd be amazed um, a personal feeling I'd be amazed if he ends up a a success at Liverpool Um, and to be honest I'd be amazed if he really had any sort of meaningful uh, playing time in red again Um, feels a little bit like Aquilani this now to be honest I think he might just go from loan to loan to loan until someone will pay the fee for him I think well, I think he was a bit unlucky to be honest, Markovic, because the one time you you thought oh he might make a bit of an impact was in the game against Baal in the Champions League, and then you know, he plays well for fifteen minutes, then gets sent off for what was it flicking somebody's nose it's, or something it's, stupid. Yeah, it's and then, not his fault. Yeah, and then no, not all his fault anyway. And then there's the the loan last season. In retrospect, he should he probably wishes he never went on loan because he may have had a chance under Jurgen Klopp. I think he could have had a chance to, you know, when he was looking at all the players, if he's bringing all those players back for the game against Exeter, you'd have thought Markovic would have had a chance before that. I think the main thing is, though, you, I mean, I think you're pointing about the Exeter, but you look at, he's one of the more senior players rather than, say, an Ojo or even Stewart, even though he's probably about the same age as Kevin Stewart. Um, he's more of a senior player, and I, I always think with loans, when senior players get loaned out, would you be saying... As a as a Liverpool, you know, a scout or whatever. Well, he's the he's the guy that Liverpool should should sign for X amounts of pounds, and he did absolutely nothing. The Fenerbahce used to suggest he's he's worthwhile. There, there, haven't, there haven't been many players have those gone out on loan and come back and done well. Jordan Ibe obviously did it to a certain extent in terms of obviously generating a lot of cash. Back in the day, I was just reading the Simon Hughes's new book, Ring of Fire. The Danny Murphy chapter he was talking about his loan to Crew and uh, going back to Crew and coming back, but over the years there's, there's not not been huge numbers as the uh, PSN. I mean, it seems to me that the Markovic loan there were there were some reports that Sport and Lisbon have been prepared to pay sixteen million, which are uh, you know a, a, a struggle to believe if I'm honest, because I think uh, their hand would have been ripped off and he'd be permanently a Sport and Lisbon player by now. Um, but also it feels like his loan and indeed Andre Wisdoms and he and Christian says. Uh, the players who go from loan to loan to loan, well, he's the archetypal, this is his fourth season, feels like loans merely to try and see if they can build up a value that yeah. Liverpool can cash in on in the end of the season. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't think Markovic or Wisdom have got any future at Liverpool. And I think, I think you're right, both of them would have been sold this summer if Liverpool had got the right offer and the player 
was was happy with the the deal that was on the table. I mean, with Markovic, where I've got some sympathy for him is I did I never really saw the wisdom in sending him to Fenerbahce because where I thought he just was, you know, he, I think he struggled with the physicality of the Premier League, and so you know, a spell somewhere else in England I think would have benefited a lot him a lot more than going to Fenerbahce. Um, you know, I, I just didn't ever see how he was possibly going to improve sufficiently there to come back and then really kick on this season. As it was, he had injury problems anyway. Hamstrings kept on failing him. But um, but no, I, I think that's pretty much the end for Markovic. I think if Klopp fancied him, he wouldn't have sent him out on loan. And um, you know, in the end, I think I think Liverpool will be glad that someone else is paying his wages this season. This season. I mean, we, they would probably hope for a similar scenario to the, the loan they did with Alberto Christian, which has... To a certain extent, paid off, and that he did well in Spain yeah. uh, last year, and uh, uh, you know they've now recovered four point three up from up to six million. I think if uh, if you know if, uh, if if his club does well, then he's gone to Lazio, Lazio isn't it? So if Lazio qualify, I think for Europe, they Liverpool yeah. are up to six million. So um, that's that's a reasonable return, probably, in, on a transfer that wasn't. Wasn't working out for a player that played what ten, twelve games. That you know that is the sort of the the the, the signature loan, if you will, of what 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 Liverpool are hoping to do with some of these players. I think you know, as you say, he went to Deportivo. Um, bit, little bit surprised, I suppose, that he didn't stay in Spain because that's where he spent all of his all of his career, about his, his spell at Liverpool. Um, but it, it'll work out for him there, I think. Actually, in Italy, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's a bit of a slow league, and he's he's a bit of a slow player, but he's he's not necessarily slow in mind, and uh, you you just sort of see those physical, gangly sort of attacking midfielders do well over there, don't you? And I, I can just sort of see him doing yeah doing relatively well. Um, you know, Suso's doing quite well there, and I put him on a par with him to be honest. So it's 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 a good move for for all parties, and to get that sort of money for him, you know, people have always complained about Liverpool not getting good bang for the buck when it comes to getting rid of players but I think this window's certainly shown that albeit in an inflated market where prices are crazy all across the board shown that Liverpool is sort of laying out to drive a bit of a harder bargain yeah uh, same way I can see Markovic doing quite well back in back in Portugal to be honest was back with Jorge Jesus yeah. who was the catalyst to his, to his form which made Liverpool buy him in the first place absolutely um, no well the the player who didn't go anywhere, of course, was Mamadou Sakho, despite Liverpool wanting him to go on loan. <clears throat> we spoke about Sakho in a bit of detail in our Blood Red podcast earlier this week. Um, we did ask yesterday for people for any thoughts on the on the window and any questions. A couple of them were uh, were concerning Sakho. Uh, Jason Robson uh, tweeted us to say, "Will Sakho continue to train alone, or will he have the chance to redeem himself?" Um, there's a couple more on on uh, Sakho. Yeah. Uh, Jigar on Twitter at Jig Shah. Sorry for these Twitter names, but uh, uh, what's the future for Sacco? And he, he asks about Lowry as well. And I think uh, Tom Corbett, who's a regular uh, uh, correspondent with her, was asking about uh, Sacco as well. And Wayne Hart, what will be Sacco's situation now he has stayed? Um, James, you and I had a bit of a debate in, uh, in, the, in the paper yesterday. I, I thought he was well within his rights to to stay and try and change Klopp's mind about him. You were feeling that he, you know, the best thing for him to show his professionalism was to do what the club wanted and and uh, and try and get out there. In terms of his situation now, he has decided to stay. Um, where, what, what do you think? Do you think 
will Klopp be, you know, dogmatic about it, or do you think that there's there's the chance that he'll be pragmatic? And if say there was an an early injury to a centre half, touch wood, that doesn't happen. But if there was, you know, could could Sacco be, uh, you know, back in the fold? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it, you can't continue to have him training away from the first team squad. I don't think that is. I, I can't see a situation where that goes on till say January. I think. At some, I don't know how soon it will happen, but I, I think he will come and be brought back into the fold. Um, you know, I think a lot depends on what those conversations Klopp's had with him. You know, it was we know that Klopp had made it clear to him he wanted him to go out on loan. He wanted him to take his advice on board. What we don't know is just to what extent how annoyed is Klopp that he that he's gone against him. You know, it's not it's not the first time he's gone against his manager's wishes in in recent months. Um, and and you know I think I think much of it probably hinges now on Saka himself. You know I, I think if he knuckles down and shows Klopp the right attitude and the professionalism which Liverpool think has been so sadly lacking from him in the last four or five months, then I think he'll have a chance. But you know from what we're hearing at the moment, he, he is well down the pecking order. But you, but you're right. You know you never know what might happen. We saw in pre-season that Matip had injury problems. Lovren, if you look at his Liverpool career, has had various stages. He, he's been out as well. Clavin obviously missed the Arsenal game the other week with a, with a minor knee injury. So you just never know how quickly um, that Sacco may well be brought back in. But you know, my hunch is he, he may well have to be patient because uh, you know, Klopp had made it pretty clear to him what he wanted him to do and he's gone against that. I think this will be a chance for, for Sacco to prove something because he'll be out you know, of of favour, um, and he's obviously got to now knuckle down and and you know concentrate on getting his fitness back. Be interested to see how he behaves. I think you know a, a, a fair part of the problem when uh, over in sort of America was that Sacco was you know he was he was going to be out for the for the entire tour. Well, I'm going to be playing. Yeah, but he was messing around. He was interrupting. You know, interviews. He was he was just being sort of that. You know, a bit of a pest basically. Um, and you know, reading between the lines, it looked like he was just sort of, a, you know, a bit bored, and he was just sort of playing, playing up, playing, playing to the, playing to the gallery a little bit. Now's his chance to show that he will sort of focus on getting, getting fit, and and he won't be a distraction to the rest of the team, uh, and he will be integrated and part of of that first team squad, even if he isn't playing. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's a big month. I'm not sure when he's meant to be back in terms of fitness, but I think it's going to be a big month for uh, for Sacco to prove that. He can sort of integrate back into the side, and he's not going to be a huge distraction. Okay, well, look, that, that, that's sort of deadline day, and the, and the, and the personalities involved in it uh, dealt with. Let's look at the the summer window as a whole. Um, when I asked uh, for fan comments on this, I was looking at mostly the, the key things that keep coming up are the absence of a left back uh, being signed, and uh, a lot of people also in favour of a, a defensive midfield uh, uh, position. Um, Christian, you wrote a piece uh, which had huge interest on the site yesterday about Liverpool's net spend, and uh, just take it through that. They, they basically over the window were in profit by about sort of eight to ten million. Yeah, if you, if you take the obviously, it's, it's, it's so hard to to know what fees or what now. Um, but if you take the guaranteed fees, so for example, you look at uh, Benteke coming in, it wouldn't be thirty-one million; it'd be twenty-six, uh, and in terms of uh, incomings, you look at Mane, it'd be thirty million rather than, than any add-ons. Uh, it, it comes to around eight to ten million pounds. That doesn't include sign-on fees. I mean, someone like Matip, for example, free transfer, but obviously would have commanded a fairly hefty sign-on fee. Wages, uh, you know, agent fees, those sorts of things. 
Uh, and Liverpool are, are about eight to ten million in the black, yeah. roughly. Now, some fans will be upset about that um, because that, you know, with a lot of TV money around and everything else, and, and obviously the market, uh, you know, full of cash. Um, they were expecting Liverpool perhaps to be bigger spenders. You had had a couple of issues that, that were, were sort of helped explain it. One of that was Klopp getting some good bargains and, and also, of course, Liverpool then, as we've mentioned, getting some good fees for the players who went out. So that, that does, uh, to a certain extent, uh, explain you know, why, why the, the sort of figures look as they do. Yeah, it, you know, Liverpool have ticked two boxes in this window that they are, they are often criticised for. And, and the first one is... Getting good good deals for the players that are that are leaving the club, and the second is using the market to their advantage and knowing exactly, you know, when there's, when there's some good deals coming through. Klopp's used his bundle of legal knowledge there to know that Carrius has got a release clause of four point seven million pounds, and he's exploited that. He's he's got a, the knowledge of of um, Joel Matip from Schalke, uh, and that he's on a free, and that he's obviously used his, his his name power as well. Klopp obviously as, as Dortmund manager, he was manager of, of their best rivals, uh, and he's managed to get them. I mean, if you're signing them on a two with, with two or three year years left on their contracts or with normal contracts, Caddy's going to be about fifty million, isn't he? And, and you're looking at Matip about twenty. You're looking at around 30, 35 million for the pair. Now I don't see why Liverpool. Uh, FSG Klopp, whoever should be criticised for for getting thirty thirty five million pounds worth of talent for for four point five uh, four point seven million. That that's a good thing, surely. And then you look again at the likes of Benteke and Allen. Allen was on a, got a year left on his contract, goes for eleven million guaranteed. Benteke hardly played in the second half of the season, still managed to get twenty six million pounds for him. The likes of Luis Alberto, obviously, absolutely, you know, the definition of deadwood in this Liverpool squad. And they're getting four million for them. Again, Liverpool, you know, this 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 is a team who left Alvaro Arbeloa, for example, leave for five million pounds to Real Madrid when he was their first choice left back uh, after coming really close to winning the title with them. Uh, the, you know, they notoriously they they sell low, they buy high and sell low. So, but this 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 summer they've sold, they, they bought high, yes, but they they've, they've sold high as well. So. I don't, I don't understand the fraud. What, what are they meant to do? Bid sixty million for money because they because they've got the money. And I suspect Christians hit the nail on the head in terms of the the value that Liverpool have been able to get in them both sides of the market. But I think a lot of fans you would expect will only uh, see that as a success if that money that they've they've been able to save or money that they've they've been able to get back is then invested straight into you know a, a significant player. Um, what do you think of Liverpool's investment in this window? Do you think do you think it's been enough, or given you know some of the players that have arrived uh, at you know, would be rivals that that really they they needed to maybe go one step further? I mean, I think it's a bit hypocritical of people to complain about Liverpool. It turns out whether they, they meant to or not, balancing the books because for years the people were saying they were spending loads of money on players who you know were never as we've just. Christian just mentioned all of those players. Most of them just didn't do very much, and an awful lot of money was spent on them. So, I mean, what do they want? I mean, in mention, I know what you're referring to there. You know, look at some of the rivals, the amount of money that they've spent. But I think we touched on this last time that, you know, Liverpool at the moment are not comp- aren't competing with Manchester United or Chelsea or Manchester City. They haven't got the same amount of backing, and they haven't got European football. So, you know, as much as they might go up to Paul Pogba and say. We'll buy it for £100 million and he could turn around and say that's great but you're not in the Champions League 
there's no guarantee he might, you know, OK, United aren't in the Champions League this year, but they're in Europe and he's been there before. But, you know, there's no guarantee that Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League next year. And they're going to have to prove themselves first to the type of players that a lot of the fans want to, to, to see. I mean, in terms of Liverpool's buying, they've, they've spent, you know, people complaining about 30 million for Mane, but very few are complaining now. But they're the types of players that Klopp thinks is going to get them into that top four, at least challenging for it. And that's kind of the limit that Liverpool are at at the moment because I can't see FSG or whoever the owners would be spending ridiculous amounts of money on players who might get them somewhere. For that amount of money, you need to either already be in the Champions League, those kind of competitions, or it's a player who's so good he's got a guarantee you're going to get there. I mean, not to leave the point, but the left-back and the defensive midfielder issue. Klopp sat there after the, 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 um, the Tottenham game press conference and, and, and said on the record that James Milner is is good enough to play left-back and, and they've decided to, to pursue James Milner as a left-back. It's almost as if, as if Jürgen Klopp identified these five left-backs for £30 million, pounds, but FSG aren't with, 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 withholding the funds. It's, it's, that's just not true. It's, it's just the fact that Klopp... Is happy with his left back options, whether that's right or wrong. Basically, I think it's wrong, but you know, who am I to argue? And also that they haven't quite got the midfielder that Klopp desires. Obviously, he wanted the Hood, and that, that hasn't come through because of, you know, Gladbach have already got rid of Xhaka and Norvice in one window. They're not going to lose a third midfielder. It's not. It's not a case of FSG withholding funds. It's just a case of Klopp not willing to spend on something that he doesn't necessarily want. James, that leads us on to sort of. Uh question from Wayne Hart on Twitter who says does James think that we've bought the correct players um, we've bought sort of six or seven depending if you include um, Druitch from January um, the, um, they've certainly addressed your piece this morning on the site looking at the window and that was the window that was the you know we certainly addressed some of the issues but as you perhaps you know, Christian was mentioning there's, there's remain a couple, but a lot has been addressed in in the players they targeted. It certainly has, and I think I think the other big difference this summer has been there's been no murmurings of, of discontent from the from the manager or anyone close to him about the business that he's done or the club has done and and the backing he's had, which that was always an issue during Brendan Rodgers' reign. You know, the, the debate was always raging about who was a committee signing, who was a manager signing. And you know it was well documented that, that Rogers wanted certain players, ended up with others, um, but that that just simply hasn't happened this summer. You know every single player that's come in is is a Klopp signing one hundred percent, and I think he has addressed a lot of the issues that he probably inherited. You know I think the goalkeeping department looks a lot stronger. I think the two centre backs have certainly improved improve Liverpool defensively. I think Mane, everyone's seen already what a perfect fit Mane is for the way that Klopp wants Liverpool to play. Wijnaldum, we haven't seen the best of him yet, but you know I, I saw enough of him last season to believe that that he will be a success. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you know like a lot of fans, I, I do share the concern that, that the club probably haven't done quite enough um, in terms of you know I'd like to have seen them sign a left back. I think Milner has, has done well there so far, but it just seems wrong to me that a club of Liverpool's stature would have a makeshift left back who. You know, held his hands up after the Tottenham game last weekend and said, you know, I'm learning as fast as I can, but this is completely new to me. I think Liverpool should have bought a left-back. Um, you know, it was a glaring weakness in that Europa League final back in May, and it doesn't seem right that, that three or four months on it hasn't been addressed. And, and you know, I, I, I go along with the idea about a defensive midfielder as well. 
Um, you know, I think someone to add a bit more steel and to provide that shield in, in front of the back four. I know Emery Chan can can produce and provide that, but you know, I'd I'd like to have seen another option there as well. Um, but you know, it, it's it is wrong to basically to just slaughter FSG and accuse them of of lining their own pockets because that's just not true. You know, they they don't take money out of the club. Anyone with half a brain can see that. They don't, you know, what, why would they take money out of the club? Because their investment of 300 million six years ago is probably now worth treble that. Um, so it, it's not a case <coughs> of that at all. And, um, you know, it's simply Rogers hasn't found what he perceived to, to be the, the perfect options in at left back. Klopp, even. Exclusive. That was a deadline day to you that just stuck under the radar. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, People might not like to to, to, to to hear it, but you know that is the reality that, that Klopp has been calling the shots. Um, he has decided that he couldn't find the right left-back that he wanted. He couldn't find another midfield option that he thought would really improve Liverpool. So those deals haven't got done. Um, certainly, you know, the owners said recently when I spoke to them that the money was there for new signings. Klopp's decided not to, not to dip into that. Whether he will in January, only time will tell. The well, other, the other, I want to say the other thing that, that I'm not sure whether anyone's mentioned recently is the fact this is the first time in a while where Liverpool haven't, whether it's through retirements or people wanting to leave or somebody coming with a massive bid for one of their players, it's the first time in a while where they haven't lost the kind of the best player or most yeah. experienced player. Because if you go back, Suarez, Sterling, Gerard, Carragher, that's over yeah. the last three or four years. Yeah, and even before then, you could say Mascareno and Torres. It's the first time in a while where you're thinking, well, hang on, they're actually stronger. Well, there are the weaknesses, I agree, they should have got a left-back and possibly a defensive midfielder, but they are stronger now than they were at the start of the transfer window, which is a little bit unusual, but then if you finish in eighth like Liverpool did last year, that's the very least you'd expect at the end of a summer transfer window. I just think, just just a final point on that, I, I feel that a lot of people would be a lot happier with the, with the squads if they'd spent £30 million. If you see what I mean, yeah, yeah. the whole the net spend to me is just a bit of a red head, and it's it's a case of the the squad's clearly improved. The first team certainly has improved, but because Liverpool have actually made the profit rather than celebrating that, it's it's seen as a, a source of derision. Yeah, well, why, why are we even looking at stuff like that? It's, it's supposed to be a game, isn't it? Uh, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we are. Uh, a couple of other things that fans mentioned that Ethel Farrow said we should dedicate this whole show to the January transfer window and after <laughs> a midnight job in here last night I'm no. not sure we all want to do <laughs> but, um, but there are issues in terms of going forward and Aaron Jackson raises one uh, could Pulisic who's a young the young winger from Dortmund still be an option uh, in January if his uh, game time in Germany is limited or, or is it more likely for next summer um, probably the other interest from Germany, as Christian mentioned, is is De Hood, uh, uh, Piercy, and um, those are two players that Liverpool certainly haven't given up on, is it? Yeah, definitely not. No, I mean, I think Pulisic, Liverpool knew that it was it was unlikely that that, that would happen during this window. I think you know once once got wind last week of the fact that that that, that eleven million pound bid had gone in for him, you know, almost immediately, you know, the, the Liverpool knew that it wasn't going to be successful. I think it was a case of just firming up their interest and making it clear that um, you know if, if at some point in the future Dortmund are willing to sell, then they'd certainly like to be part of that conversation. So you know, Klopp, big admirer of his, um, you know, he was Klopp was still manager there when when he brought him in. Um, you know, he's made the breakthrough in the last twelve months. You know, I, I don't think he's going to feature much for Dortmund this season when you look at the attacking midfielders they have signed. 
Um, so yeah, I think that is one that Liverpool will revisit. But I don't think probably not in January, probably next summer. And the same with De Gea, as Christian said earlier. You know, that, although Liverpool were very keen on him this summer, it, it also became apparent uh, before too long that, that trying to negotiate that deal was was just too problematic. Uh, I think he's only got two years left on his contract. Um, and you know, I think Liverpool will certainly be in for him next summer. Um, the question is, will they be able to offer him Champions League football? Because I think that could well be a, a deal clincher because that was obviously the issue when they tried to sign Goetze um, this summer because I think there'll be a lot of t- top clubs after De Who as well next year. Two final things. I'll, I'll ask you in a second for your grades for if we're grading Liverpool on the, on the, uh, on the summer window. So uh, get your uh, pluses, minuses or A's and D's ready. Uh, also, just wanted to run through... Um, Neil Jones did a piece on the site last night, which uh, did really well. A lot of interest in it, uh, looking at how this was uh, the equal uh, biggest departure of players in, uh, in one window from Liverpool in their entire history. Uh, that was a fact dug out by Carl Clemente from LFC History. Just run through them, just wanted to know if there's any who on this list you'd still perhaps like to be at the club. Uh, so we lost... Uh, Jose Enrique. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, says Safari Park. Yes. Um, Colo. Colo Touré. You need someone to stop in the mix zone. So yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like yeah. Colo still to be Definitely at the, like at the club. Yeah, still Don't want to be um, Jordan Rosser is doing well up in Scotland. I think yeah. I'd like him still to I be at the club. Stayed, yeah. Um, uh, Teixeira. Uh, I think he'd had his chances. Yeah, I think yeah, it was time yeah. for him to go. Jerome Sinclair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, seems no, to be yeah, yeah. on loan, heading on. Did, did, did he go on? No, he didn't go through. Didn't go. Go through. No. Uh, he didn't, so he's still at Watford. Martin Skirtle. Good think, servants, but bye. Time to go, yeah. But yeah, time to go. Sergi Canos. Disappointing. Yeah, it's a bit... He uh, should have stayed. Was, I, he's I, he's like, a massive loss. Yeah. No. Um, Jordan Ibe. Didn't kick on. Didn't kick on. It'd be interesting to see if he did. And luckily, Liverpool have got that sell-on clause if he does suddenly... And uh, buy back, yeah. And buy oh. back if he does um, sort of fulfil his potential. Brad Smith. I think, again, another good deal for Liverpool, probably. Yeah, good deal, yeah, good deal. But he's a left-back. He's a left-back. He is a left-back. Um, to a certain extent, she was Klopp's faith in Milner, doesn't it? You know, um, Christian Benteke, wrong man in the wrong place, wasn't he? He'll but score loads he'll, of goals he'll, for Palestine. He'll do fine. Yeah. He'll do fine. Um, nice and fella. also said some nice things in your uh, in your piece this week, Christian. Uh, uh, Christian said, if you know what I mean, two yeah. Christians there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Allen. We should have kept him. Not for me. I think Joe Allen was a not quite good enough player for Liverpool. Doyle wants to keep him, James? Uh, I wouldn't have been bothered either way, to be honest. I don't think he's good enough to take Liverpool where they want to go. Christian? Massively overrated. I'd have kept him just so I could keep putting that tweet out, to be honest. <laughs> I think you all know which one that was. Uh, Lewis Alberto, I think we've already discussed it. Was, uh, yeah. That was a good deal to get rid of. And finally, it's always, finally, Mario. Why as he always. says in his old Twitter. Why always Mario? I think... Um, it was a gamble. It it didn't pay off, and uh, I think it shows what happens when you do your business at the last minute. Uh, whenever uh, you know the plan A has gone out the window. Um, well, that was the summer transfer window of 2016. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. As you much. want our grades? Oh, sorry, I asked you for your grades. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Christian Liverpool graded this summer. B. Doily. B minus. B minus. I'm harsh. James? Uh, yeah, B. Yeah, lots to admire about it, but could have been better. I'm going to go for an A minus. I think <sighs> it's uh, uh, quite a bit of potential, and if they've got a strong left back in place, I think I'd have gone for an A. 
Um, there you are. That's how we graded it. Um, if you've got your own views, uh, ping them to us on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Remember, if you're not listening to this uh, on iTunes, you can uh, subscribe on there for absolutely free for your uh, Blood Red podcasts. We are looking to try and do two a week. We'll certainly do one a week uh, every week and, uh, and hopefully two as well. So uh, thanks very much for listening and uh, see you next week. <laughs>